Hey, listeners. You've tuned in to I Don't Care with Kevin Stevenson on Market Scale Radio. Happy to have you. Uh, if this is your first time uh, listening to the podcast, we typically talk about various healthcare topics. If it's your uh, return visit to, uh, to our little podcast, welcome back. We're happy to have you. And uh, so uh, I've been running a series on how COVID affects different uh, industries have, and how it's affected different people. Today, we're really kind of getting into the nitty gritty because I have got a great guest today. Uh, Allie Crosby is somebody who I've known since she was uh, in high school. She was in our youth group uh, back in Keller, Texas, many, many years ago. And she is a nurse in the NICU at a New Orleans area hospital. And so this is a topic that I don't think has been discussed a whole lot uh, in when we're talking about COVID. And that's really just the interactions of pregnant moms and whenever they go to the hospital to deliver, what the, what's that experience like, not only for them, but for their uh, for their caregivers, and then obviously for the baby, you know what? And, and so I wanted to hear from Allie a little bit about what things have changed uh, in uh, today's COVID world when when a woman goes in to have a baby, and also thought it'd be a good idea to, to ask her a little bit about you know just what's going on in, in New Orleans as a whole. And specifically at her hospital, how her hospital has changed uh, and adapted to to fight COVID. Uh, and so, uh, sit back, relax, and when we come back, you'll talk. You'll listen to Allie Guthrie talking about COVID in New Orleans on "I Don't Care" with Kevin Stevenson. And we're back with "I Don't Care" with Kevin Stevenson. Really excited about my guest today. This is somebody who I've known since she was just a young girl. She was in our youth group back in Keller, Texas, many years ago. Say hi, Allie Crosby. Hello. <laughs> and, and I thought Allie would be a great guest because she is a NICU nurse uh, at a hospital uh, in the New Orleans area. And so uh, not a lot has been said about uh, about pregnant moms and and the babies after they deliver. And so I want to talk a little bit about that, but I also wanted to hear about, you know, what's been going on in New Orleans and specifically at her hospital, how how you guys have have dealt with the COVID crisis, because I've really I've really monitored a lot of what's going on down there since uh, my family and I used to live in Louisiana. You know, we have a nice soft spot for for the area. And so so anyway, so. Uh, Allie, if, if you don't mind, just kind of tell everybody a little bit about, you know, what you do, how, how long you've been a nurse, uh, just a little bit about your hospital. Okay. So I, I work at a smaller hospital, um, in New Orleans. It's one of the smaller hospitals and we, um, are just really well known in the community for providing excellent nursing care. And I'm very proud to be an employee there. Um, I worked there for six years and, um, really enjoy working there. Well, that's cool. Now it's, it's gotta be, it's gotta be crazy down there. Uh, talk a little bit about, uh, well, we'll get into that in just a little bit, but you know, like I said earlier, not a lot's really being said about COVID and, and, and women giving birth. So can you talk a little bit about what you're dealing with, 
with with moms coming in, the the moms who come in who are who are negative and in, in, in the changes that have had have occurred, but but also particularly talk about the moms who come in that are you know per, uh, patients under investigation or then that might transition into uh, a positive COVID person. Yeah. So, um, like you said, even if it, the mom doesn't is asymptomatic and hasn't had any exposure or anything, we are still treating them differently than we would have a month and a half ago. Um, so we are requiring all of our patients, moms, um, to wear a mask the second they come into the hospital and they keep it on um, their whole stay, essentially. So even in the, with when they're in labor and I can't imagine doing that personally. Um, yeah. But, um, so there we're doing that just as a protection for, um, nurses and, um, other people in the hospital as well. Um, and we're allowing one significant other with the the mom who's in labor and has a baby. Um, but nobody else can visit. And, um, we, as far as um, COVID positive moms or uh, moms that are suspected COVID with symptoms, um, we have a very lengthy women and newborn COVID policy that, you know, I could go on and on about, but I could sp- spare you the details of that. But essentially, we're treating every mother who is symptomatic for COVID. Um, like any other COVID patient in the hospital, we have them on strict isolation precautions and we have strict policies to help prevent the spread. Um, we have special negative pressure delivery rooms and a negative pressure resuscitation area for neonates if we need it. Um, we're unfortunately having to separate moms and babies immediately after delivery, um, per CDC recommendations right now. Um, which as a mom breaks my heart because those moments are, you know, so special and right. That's such a, yeah, it's such a bonding experience for mom and baby. Yeah. 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 So I, I just, I feel for these mamas that are, you know, having to not be with their babies during those times. And we have, we have a special unit. So in our hospital, we have what we call the big NICU, which is where we have our micro preemies and um, babies that need high acuity of care. And um, then we have a step-down unit that we typically use for babies who are what we call grower feeders, which means they're about to go home. They're just learning how to eat and getting bigger um, and maybe working on a couple of other things. So we've actually totally closed down that unit and turned it into negative pressure and have um, designated that as the COVID unit for babies, well babies and NICU babies. So whether, you know, it's a term baby that doesn't need any extra care, we're still placing them in that unit until we know they're negative. Let's go back a little bit. Tell me a little bit about the number of beds that you have in your, in your, uh, how many LDR beds you have and then how many NICU beds are, uh, that you have? Um, yeah, so we have 12 LDR beds and, um, we have in our large regular big, we call it the big NI. We, um, it's not actually big though. We are a very small unit. Um, we have, 
it, it varies, but about 10 to 12 beds. It depends on the type of equipment we're using and stuff. But, about how many and, do, do you deliver a day? Any ideas on that? Yeah. Um, I would say anywhere from probably, ooh, maybe like three to 10. It, it varies greatly, but um, not, yeah, not a huge yeah. number. It sounds like y'all are about the same size as my hospital. We... Yeah, we we probably average about six to eight births a day. So yeah, for some reason we're we're really slow right now too. Um, <laughs> I don't know if if mamas are just not coming in for you know little aches and pains and yeah. what, but um, yeah, we haven't had a huge number of deliveries lately. Huh? And it seems like we're on the other end of the spectrum because I think today uh, the we always play, and I'm sure you guys do too. Every time a baby's born, the lullaby is played over, over overhead. <laughs> yes. And I swear today, I know I heard that seven, eight, nine times. It just Aww. kept going and going and going, <laughs> which was great, you know. So, so, uh, but anyway, uh, so I was thinking about, you know, we were talking about how, how you separated the mothers and the babies, uh, but, uh, and, and those are CDC guidelines now? Um, I, I believe so. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, from what, from what I understand it, and I got to be honest, I don't, I don't have a whole lot of dealing with our, with our, uh, uh, OB patients at all. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's probably a good thing. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> but anyway, so, so, uh, let's see. Another question I had was, are, are newborns, uh, being born positive COVID? So far? No. Um, and I've, I've, been trying to do just a little bit of research on this as well, just because it's very interesting to me. Um, but it seems that we, we aren't doing the antibody screening at our hospital yet. Um, but I've read several articles of um, small, very small case study populations, but that um, babies actually are born with anti antibodies, um, COVID antibodies. So from what I've seen so far, and granted, I have personally only seen two COVID, COVID moms deliver COVID, you know, patient under investigation. Um, and both of those babies have been negative and discharged like normal on day two to three of life. Now, have the moms had to be held over or were they, were they stable enough that they could go home? So one of them went home um, at you know, at the same time as the baby, um, she just had mild symptoms, um, and that were starting to resolve actually at discharge. And, um, the other patient needed to be, um, moved to the, one of the step down COVID floors. Mm -hmm. So the baby went home sure. with family. Okay. That makes, that makes good sense. Um, okay. Let you know, like I said, I, I've been reading a lot about the impact that, that COVID has had on the New Orleans, uh, the, the whole region, you know, frankly. Um, and I know I was at a hospital in Baton Rouge many years ago. And so just looking at, you know, down, down, I hate to say this cancer alley from Baton Rouge to New Orleans, uh, at the number of cases that, that have occurred. And I know a couple of the parishes down there, uh, their mortality rates are four and five times that of New York. So tell, tell me a little bit about, you know, kind of, kind of what it's like, frankly, living down there, you know, the, the differences that you're seeing just, you know, in your daily life, 
But also tell me a little bit about what's going on in your in your hospital specifically. Yeah, so it's it's definitely a strange time here, um, and I know it's it's like that other places in the United States and around the world too. But um, just to see the streets of New Orleans empty and um, places boarded up and and things just shut down, it's it's very surreal. Um, we, you know, at, at the beginning, when all of this started, you know, a month ago, New Orleans and then Louisiana has been one of the fastest growing areas per capita in the United States for COVID cases. Um, and that was scary for sure, um, living here and being a nurse. Um, but our community leaders and our hospital leaders have been working hard to ensure that we're prepared for the worst. And it's They've, they've done several things in the city that, um, to help prepare. They've, they opened up, um, the Morial Convention Center is now an overflow area, um, for patients that have, have had COVID and are, um, stable enough to be discharged, but still need some care. Um, so they're, they've been going there and I know that's open now. I'm not exactly sure how many, patients they have, but I think they had like a capability of, to take care of a thousand, um, which is great. Um, and I actually have a coworker whose husband had COVID and he's there now. And she said that it's been a good experience for him. So that's encouraging to hear. Um, but as far as daily life, I'm pretty much stuck in the house with my kids. (laughs) I'm sure. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I would imagine. And, and so um, I haven't really experienced. My husband is graciously running all the errands and going to the store and everything. So Hopefully he's wearing um, a mask. He is. He is. <laughs> okay, good, good. And, you know, he has a nurse for a wife, so he gets um, yeah. sent to take a shower when he comes home and <laughs> all the things. So <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I'm rarely up, you know, I'm an administrator. I'm, I'm not up on the floor. I, I don't want to get in people's way during this time. I'm usually one of those that... I'm rarely in my office, but at this time, there's so much going on upstairs. I don't want to get in the way. Uh, but same thing. When I come home, my my wife, who's been dealing with a healthcare administrator husband for 30 years now, you know, she looks at me <laughs> and points to the shower. So you know, I, I get exactly. it. And, and and I hate to admit this on, on my podcast, but as soon as I get in the garage and close the door, I start stripping down. And, you know, I yeah. make sure I, I make sure the door's closed, but I start stripping down. And I leave the clothes outside for a while, leave the shoes outside for sure. And then just go straight in the shower. Fortunately, it's just my wife and I, and, you know, we keep the blind shut because heaven knows my neighborhood does not want to see me running through the house. Uh, <laughs> but um, so, so what are some of the modifications that your hospital has done uh, in light of COVID changing units over expanding uh, their ICU, things like that? Yeah. So, um, I, I, I've just been a bystander of all of this because our unit is so removed from everything else, but, um, from talking to other nurses and, you know, reading the emails that our hospital administration sends out, um, they have been working really, really hard to, um, manage, um, our hospital ER has definitely been slammed with COVID patients and, um, they have, three different areas of the hospital now that are strictly COVID-19 areas. Um, so while we aren't a 
large hospital that is still a you know great number of beds and and nurses that are you know definitely working really hard to take care of all of these patients. Um, we also have a triage tent in the front that um, is being used. Okay. Um, and we and we've got one on standby. You know, mm-hmm. and we're we're just ready to put that up. Yes. Yeah, so I, I think the last time I was there um, earlier this week, they weren't using it because they there were only I think two or three suspected cases in the ER, so they were able to not use it. Um, and the past few times I've been there, um, it hasn't seemed to be as bad. Um, I'm cautiously optimistic. Oh, um, me too, for sure. <laughs> so, so but, it sounds like it. You you might have crested the curve. I I think maybe in New Orleans. Um, I'm not sure about Louisiana as a whole. Um, I was looking at the numbers and they hadn't updated them for today, um, yet, but it seems like the last cases that they posted on the curve were barely starting to flatten. Um, but you know, who knows, we could have another spike or something, but I, I am optimistic that we're doing all the right things and, um, hopefully slowing this, this beast down. Yeah. Well, you know, I've talked to a lot of people that, you know, who have also been monitoring the situation down in in your area. And, you know, we're all, we're all armchair quarterbacks too. And, and and you look at it from, okay, why is New Orleans, why is Louisiana in, in particular seeing so many cases and having such a high mortality rate? And of course, the first thing that comes to everybody's mind is Mardi Gras, because this really right. kind of started around Mardi Gras. It did. So you've got you've got so many people in such a tight space. And any of my listeners who have not been to Bourbon Street, number one, you need to go. <laughs> number two, if you go and, and during Mardi Gras or at the Sugar Bowl like I did earlier this year, uh, you can't move. Right. Uh, you might as well just uh, stand still because the crowd will move you down the street. So there was no social distancing. But also the other thing that that is mentioned very often is the fact that, you know, the the comorbidities in, uh, of the residents of Louisiana, you know, the, the diabetes rate, the hypertensive rate, you know, I, I love, like I said, love Louisiana. It's not a real healthy state. No, absolutely. Yeah, and I I was listening to an interview of a local doctor here on just the local news channel, and he was saying the same thing. Um, you know, the comorbidities that are affecting the death rates of COVID are um, diabetes, kidney disease, mm-hmm. and hypertension, and we are right. number one or number two in all there of those things. So there you go. Yeah, um, it's definitely well. It- and I, I also didn't mean to cut you off, but I also read about, you know, I think it's St. Saint John the Baptist Parish, which is between uh, Baton Rouge and New Orleans. And, and there was an article, I believe it was last week, talking about a chemical plant that's been there well over 50 years, that there have been you know, a, a lot of issues with the plant, uh, you know, spewing out, you know, whatever, you know, the chemicals, the, you know, everything else. And they're really attributing that to, uh, the incredibly high mortality rate there. Oh, wow. Uh, I, you know, I, and I think, 
you look at, you know, if, if people living in that area, you know, 50, 60 years, however long, you know, that have been uh, that have been dealing with this, you know, their immune systems are compromised. They probably have COPD, probably have, you know, have a higher incidence of cancer, too. And right. so I, I'm thinking, you know, that all of those things, uh, you know, put together uh, does not uh, lend itself to, uh, to a good outcome. Exactly. But, but but it's great to hear that you guys. It sounds like the 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 curve is flattening, and you kind of gotten over that hill. And, and we'll certainly pray that that continues. So yes. so a couple of a couple of other questions. I mean, we've talked a little bit about how COVID's affected your family, and 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 being a mom of four kids, I cannot imagine. <laughs> you know, uh, there there's no social distancing with four no, little ones, right? There, there's not. <laughs> <laughs> they are all over you. <laughs> Yeah. So, so now, now did you, and you told me before we started uh, recording that, that some of the kids have been in charter school, uh, are in charter school. So now you switch to, you know, your homeschooling and how's that going with you and your husband trying to take turns, getting all the homework done while both of you are working? Right. It is, it's strange. Um, and you know, our school has been really good at supporting us and they have, um, their teach my girls' teachers are just so good and wonderful and are, you know, zooming us and we're we're talking to them once a week or twice a week or whenever we need them. And um so having that support has been a huge blessing during this time. Um because I'm not a teacher and I never wanted to be a teacher. Right. Um, Me either. I'm here with you. I am. <laughs> and um I've seen several, you know, little memes floating around that say Teachers, you know, deserve to be billionaires, and that's so true. Um, but for the most part, it's it's going pretty well. Um, yeah, our, our kids are really they love to learn and are are um, for the most part enjoy school. So um, it it hasn't been too too bad. We've had some hairy moments, but <laughs> I yeah I can I can only imagine. You know, yeah, how how crazy it's it's gotten. Well, Allie, I really appreciate you coming on. I don't care. This has been fascinating hearing, you know, from your perspective, uh, particularly in the NICU, but just, you know, give us a little report about what's going on in the New Orleans area. So yeah, thank like you. I said, we're really we're really good. We're we're gonna continue to pray for you guys and hopefully uh, you know, the curve continues to uh, uh you're on the downhill slide and there won't be any more spikes in the future. So yes, thank you. Uh Allie Crosby, it's been a pleasure. It's been great talking to you again. Thank you so much. It's been great to talk to you too. All right, take care. All right. Hey, it was great hearing from Allie. Uh we hadn't talked in a number of years and so uh and I did not mention the fact that while she's not a Baylor grad. Her husband is. And so we still have those Baylor ties. She uh, she uh, graduated from Mary Harden Baylor, which we Baylor grads consider as a, you know, they're a, uh, they're a relative of ours. And so we're, we're, we're pretty happy to, to welcome all of their folks in with us too. So I hope you enjoyed hearing about what's going on in the NICU at her hospital. And also just learning a lot more about what's happening in New Orleans, how this is really affecting not only the New Orleans area, but really Louisiana as a whole. Um, it's, it's incredible seeing a beautiful city like New Orleans, and it happens to be one of my very favorite cities to visit, uh, and how it has gone from the vibrant, uh, historical, 
uh, just crazy city that it is on a normal basis to you know, just a ghost town. And so, uh, you know, as I said, let's continue to pray for the folks down there. Pray for, for Allie and all the other healthcare workers down there who are dealing with uh, the COVID pandemic. And so with that, uh, I'm happy that you tuned in. And, uh, you know, if you don't catch us live, we're always on uh, Spotify or iTunes. And please uh, would love it if you would subscribe to I Don't Care with Kevin Stevenson. So until next time, uh, have a great day. Stay safe. Wear your mask. Wash your hands and don't touch your face. 